What is it like to age well in the Garden State, where nearly a quarter of residents are over 60 years old? Are you one of them? Join New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well to discuss the ups and downs of aging in New Jersey. In this podcast series, we tap into our network of leading experts to provide a fresh look into the key issues affecting the state's older population and their families, including finances, housing, health, and security. Each half-hour episode details professional insight into how you can maximize the joy, minimize the challenges, and capitalize on the opportunities that aging in the Garden State offers. Driving is about so much more than just getting from place to place. Driving well is part of aging well. So join us today to learn more about how you can drive well and safely in your later years. Hello and welcome to Aging Insights. I'm Dr. Kathy Rowe, Executive Director of New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well, and today we're going to talk about driving. We have two great guests. We have Shani Jarvis from AAA Northeast, and we have Giddy Muehlbauer from Hackensack Meridian Healthcare. So if you could each take a little bit of time to introduce yourself and your work and how this applies to older adults, Shani, you can start. Sure. Uh, my name is Shani Jarvis. I've been with AAA Northeast for about 14 years now. I am a pub manager of public affairs, uh, but as part of my job, I do a lot of education on traffic safety, mm -hmm. and I educate everybody from small children, making sure that they are in their car seats correctly, all the way through to adults to help them drive safer, longer, um, and decide what um, how to still be independent mm -hmm. and maintain their independence and the ability to get around when they do decide to give up the keys. Uh, so I would say two of my passions are older adults, teen drivers, well, three of my passions, older adults, teen drivers, and young drivers. Okay. And Giddy, can you tell us about the work that you do? Absolutely. Um, my name is Brigitte Mielbauer. You can call me Giddy. It's a lot easier. <laughs> I am an occupational therapist for the past 21 years. The past 18 have been at JFK Medical Center in Edison. I run the driver training program for JFK, which tests clients out to see how their abilities are to make sure that mm -hmm. they are still safe on the road. Okay. And, and I think that's a great place to start because we, we are not going to talk about taking away the keys. And I think so often people just jump right to that. Like mom or dad or the neighbor, they're not a safe driver, take away the keys. But there's so much more to it. Like you said, this is, this is about maintaining your independence. It's about maintaining your identity, getting where you want to go, when you want to be there, and not being reliant on other people. So as people age, how does, how does their body change and what starts to change their ability to drive? If you wanna start us with that. You could imagine that every year something changes in our body. Okay. I know for a fact that every year I go to the eye doctor and they have to change my prescription. Mm -hmm. But also our movement patterns change and how quickly we process information changes. Okay. So sometimes it gets a little bit slower Sometimes our joints don't move quite as much as okay. it used to. So we'd like to take a look to see what different parts of you are moving correctly or working correctly to make sure that everything's firing the way it needs to mm -hmm. in order to control an automobile. Okay, and I see Shani is nodding along with everything you say. <laughs> I am, absolutely. <laughs> so but let's first say, how does occupational therapy 
help that? And how is it different than physical therapy? Ah, that's a great <laughs> question because no one ever gets us correct. <laughs> Occupational therapy looks at your activities of daily living, mm -hmm. the job of being a person. Okay. So I myself am a therapist, a driving instructor, a sister, a girlfriend, a daughter. Mm. I am a mentor to my coworkers. I am a friend. These are all different kinds of roles that we have. Right. One of my roles is also a driver for myself. True, yeah. So occupational therapy takes a look at your specific role and what you have to do in it. We always tell people in the hospital, physical therapy can get you up walking, but do you want to be naked when you're walking? <laughs> Now I understand the difference, and I don't think I'm ever going to confuse them again. Thank you. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I like that. So, so for, for doing these, the activities of daily living, for driving, what are some of the things that you, people start to notice when, when something changes? What are the first things that change that need correction or adaptation? A lot of the changes that happen when our bodies, as we get older, are actually subtle. And sometimes mm -hmm. we don't even notice that they're happening. Mm -hmm. So as Giddy said, it's your eyesight. Mm -hmm. So you may just realize one day that you're having a little difficulty seeing things up close or far away. And you may have to you know, hold it a little closer, right. hold it a little further. Right. I know as I get older, the paper or the phone go out a lot further as I'm talking. Um, you're going to see your range of motion is going to change. Uh, you've gone from being able to you know, sit cross-legged on the floor, for instance, mm -hmm. to having to make a plan to get back up when you kneel down. Mm -hmm. um, you might notice that you make noises when you move now, like, okay. oh, okay. So a lot of these changes are really subtle mm -hmm. um, and you don't know that they're happening. Um, but that's where Giddy comes in uh, to, to, to figure out that sort of thing. What other types of changes do you see going on for people? So what we also see are cognitive changes. Right. Sometimes uh, your divided attention isn't quite right. So being right. able to do two things at the same time or your thought process isn't as right. Okay. Your reaction time could be slower. I have a lot of clients that don't realize that they're on the gas or the brake and they hit trees and buildings because they thought they were on the brake. Right. So they weren't exactly sure right where their foot was in relation to where the pedal is okay so visual perception changes what you see and how your mind interprets it okay also what we look for is a uh, range of motion arthritis can change the way that your shoulders are moving mm -hmm. your necks are moving your trunk is moving okay so so like i can't see maybe i'm going to here instead of going to there when i'm driving that's correct okay so, and you know, you were saying that these come on slowly and subtly. And I think what happens a lot is, you know, the adult child comes to see mom and dad and they might not have seen them for months. So what was a little bit of a change over those months to them looks like a drastic change. Yes, absolutely. And they get to the, you know, I don't want you driving anymore, it's not safe. But we can do a lot to adapt to drive safer. I know that um, a lot of older adults I know, they don't drive on the highways anymore or they stop driving at night when we, we talked about glasses and vision change because some things can't be corrected by glasses. Mm -hmm. It's about um, the amount of light that you have. So those are two things that people could do to adapt and drive safely. Then they can do that all on their own. Yeah. Um, what can CarFit do beyond that to help them manage their vehicle in a safer manner? So CarFit is a great program that's offered for senior drivers. 
It aims to address the uh, senior driver's comfort mm -hmm. in the vehicle, which in turn can enhance their safety. Uh, so we are going to do a, it's roughly a 20 minute assessment of a senior driver. Mm -hmm. And we will look at things like how far they are away from the steering wheel, mm -hmm. making sure they have an appropriate line of sight over the steering wheel, making sure that they have no issues with reaching between the gas and the brake and making sure that their seating position is comfortable. Mm -hmm. Their lumbar is accurate. Their um, head restraint is where it needs to be, okay. making sure that their seatbelt goes across because we do have a tendency to slump a little bit. Mm. As we get older, we don't have necessarily the great posture. So we want to make sure that that seatbelt, the shoulder belt is across the um, shoulder and mm -hmm. the lap belt is across the hips. Okay, we don't want it on that um, uh, tissue part. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to make sure that they don't have any blind spots. This right. is a big one. Right. So when we set our vehicle to drive at age 16, a lot of people don't change it. Um, and as we get older, our peripheral vision gets uh, gets less, right? We have a little bit difficult time being able to see as far to the sides as we once did. Right. Uh, and we want to make sure that a senior driver can um, do, uh, can, uh, with the range of motion, change, turn to look to see if there's oncoming traffic, but also to make sure that they can see if there's oncoming traffic in um, on the road or organically. Okay. And, and what other steps could you take with occupational therapy? to ensure a safe car, safe driving? So a lot of the therapists will actually have the patient go out to the car and see how they're sitting, how they get okay. in, how they get out. Because it's not only having the car set up, I know many people set their car up and there it is, but sometimes they don't have the range of motion to be able to get in and out of the car without mm -hmm. moving the seat. Oh, So okay. then they have to move the seat and then reposition everything again. Okay, okay. So we go out, we practice getting in and out of all different doors of the car because sometimes you're not just the driver, sometimes mm -hmm. you're a passenger, front seat, back seat. Yeah. So we want to make sure that you have still that movement pattern to be able to get in and out. So why, why do you think driving is so emotional to people? It's emotional for someone as they age, they seem like very self-conscious, they might they don't want to be criticized, they might um, you know, don't want, to, don't want to be threatened with having their keys taken away. And then for their adult children, it's very emotional also. Why is this such a, a touchy topic? I'll, I'll jump in here and okay. I'll say, um, remember when you were 16 years old mm -hmm. and you got your driver's license? Yeah. Mom, dad, get out of the way. Give me the keys. Right? That's your first taste of freedom. So driving okay. really is a, uh, a freedom to us. Okay. Um, we are able to go where we want, when we want. We don't have anybody telling us, no, you can't go there. I mm -hmm. can't take you there right now. So when we get older and the prospect of having to not have that independence and not being able to go where we want, when we want, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's challenging and it's really tricky. So we want to make sure that we're helping a senior driver mm -hmm. before we have to jump to taking away the keys. Okay. That should be the last option. Right, right. Driving is not a function of age. So you can't say that somebody has to stop driving at 80. Right. Um, it's a function of ability. Okay. Right. So right. we want, we aim to keep senior drivers driving safer longer. I know it's mm -hmm. a mouthful, but keep dr senior drivers driving safer longer. And then even when they don't aren't able to drive anymore, when they do give up the keys, we do make suggestions for um, transportation options mm -hmm. to make sure that they can still remain independent because nobody wants to be relying on their adult child. Right. Um, I remember uh, this is actually very personal for me because I remember 
when we brought my grandmother to live with us. Mm -hmm. This is a woman who's very independent. She worked six, seven days a week okay. because that's what she wanted to do. She lived by herself. Okay. We brought her to New Jersey to live with us and she no longer had any of that freedom. And anytime she wanted to do something or go somewhere, she had to ask my mother or I, mm -hmm. we're both full-time jobs. And it. it just, her ability to her, you know, everything that you knew has been taken away from you. Okay. Um, so she, you know, didn't want to do anything anymore. And it's, it's, we really want to make sure that when a person gets to the point where they can't drive anymore, they can still keep themselves busy and still keep themselves occupied, do the things they like to do and get around as, as they would without having to rely on somebody else. Okay. Absolutely. When I have a lot of clients come in with their adult children and when they come to see me, they're, of course, they're nervous. Mm -hmm. My client, I don't want to stop driving. I'm not here to make you stop driving. What? I'm exactly. here to make sure that how you're driving is safe. Mm -hmm. And the adult children are usually supportive of that Okay, they'll, they'll listen to you for yes. that instead of jumping to that takeaway, the driving. Yes. That's an important point. And so um, then there does come a time when people can't drive. And it could be any age. There can be people 95 and still driving. There might be somebody, I know a few 50-year-olds. I know a few 40-year-olds. Who might want to consider <laughs> to giving up their keys? <laughs> Me too. <Yeah>. But, um, <laughs> we all know those drivers. But what are like at what point or how do you know when it's time? To, to really talk to somebody about, instead of driving yourself, you know, we need another option. And, and we'll get into those other options in a minute, but what, what are those signs that it's time to stop? So uh, I, I said it before, driving is not a function of age, okay? right? It's a function of skill. Right. So as long as you are skilled and able behind the wheel, you can continue to drive mm -hmm. if you're driving safely. If you are not able to drive safely, then we would suggest maybe planning for your driving retirement and you can phase it in. Mm -hmm. um, I would look at things like, are you getting lost on familiar roads? Okay. You know, are you getting lost close to home? Okay. Are you having minor mishaps on the road where you're um, you know, near misses with other cars, mm -hmm. with other objects on the road, mm -hmm. or even if you live in an apartment complex where you have a parking structure? Um, look for things like are you, are you having um, to be talked about by your driving? Are people telling you your driving is bad? Okay. Have you been pulled over a lot? Are the oh. police talking to you about your driving? Okay. Um, look at your vehicle. Are you having any new scrapes, new scratches, new dents, anything that you can't identify? Mm -hmm. um, some of these are just some of the things we would look for as we start to decide whether it might be time to start thinking about hanging up the keys. Okay. And other things that you see from the occupational therapy perspective? So a lot of the times when I get a referral, sometimes it's a new diagnosis of something like a neurological event, okay. a stroke, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's dementia, something okay. that is an initial onset. Typically what the doctors will do will send you to come see me so they can have a baseline of where you oh, are. Okay, so then they can measure against and so, see if things are changing. Exactly. So if maybe in a year or two the disease is progressing or getting better, they can send them back to me and then they can say, in 2022, this is how you did. In 2024, this is how you did. So they have a comparison. So let's let's take a scenario of somebody that might, um, because of illness, 
need help with driving. So, for example, if somebody had a minor stroke, they've recovered from a stroke, they're recovering well, cognitively they're fine, but they may have lost um, use of, let's say they lost use of their arm, or uh, maybe not full use, but they can't grab the wheel like they used to because of their arm. Mm -hmm. Is that somebody that you can help? That is somebody that I can help. What we do in the hospital is we can test people and train people to use adaptive equipment for driving, such as a spinner knob, mm -hmm. a left foot gas pedal, hand controls, so we can keep them driving longer and safer. The only problem with adapting a car mm -hmm. mechanism is that you have to retake your road test at the motor vehicle. Oh, okay. With the new adapt. With the new adaptations. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I did not know that. Oh, yes. And are there other things then that people like the physical changes or tools or adaptations that people can have for their car? So through the CarFit program, um, if somebody has some issues with, say, getting in and out of the car, mm -hmm. we would recommend uh, any number of what I would call an OT tool. Okay. Uh, so we have <laughs> basically, um, it's, a, it's a swivel seat. Mm -hmm. um, so basically it amounts to a Lazy Susan, but for an adult. So they would, it would sit on the seat mm -hmm. and they would back themselves into the car and then okay. they would swivel around and pick their legs up and they oh, could use that. Yep. There's also um, any, if they're having an issue with uh, their height, being able to see above, they can always sit on a wedge. Okay. Uh, we would suggest that. If they're having issues with, say, um, the key, putting a key, we would recommend actually a remote keyless entry or a oh, push button right. start where they don't have to use their finger to get the key. Right. So somebody with ignition. arthritis. So somebody with arthritis. Absolutely. They also make a built up key holder that can make I it easier to use. I have seen that as well. Yes. The there is a, it's oh, it's shaped like a T. You put the key in it and then you hold that and you turn the key as well. Oh, interesting. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can adapt your current vehicle without having to run out and buy a new one. Right. With the, all the fancy bells and whistles. Right. If they're having range of motion issues and are having an issue with the seatbelt, there is a seatbelt puller. I've seen those. That you right? attach to your seatbelt and it has a little bit, it gives you a little bit more give and you can just pull that over. Okay. Wonderful tool that they offer if you're having trouble getting in and out of the vehicle is a um, life, uh, life hammer. No, that's not the name. Handy bar. Thank you. It's called a handy bar. Okay. Handy bar is great. It is a three-in-one tool. Mm. It sits in the um, the J hook of the the vehicle of the door frame. Okay. And you can use it to add assistance to get in and out of the vehicle. It's a handle. It's it a handle. Is. Absolutely, handy bar. Um, it also has a tip on it that can puncture glass. So that if you are in a crash, you can definitely um, oh, use wow. that to cut the to to push the glass out of your car. And it also has a seatbelt cutter. So if you are stuck, you can cut the seatbelt off of you as well. So the handy bar is really handy. Sounds like something that we all should get for our cars. Absolutely, it, absolutely, we absolutely should. <laughs> yes. So, Shani, can you tell us more about the CarFit program, what it is, and how it started? Yes. So, CarFit was actually developed by AAA, the American Occupational Therapy Association, mm -hmm. and AARP. Oh, okay. And it's a program that's designed to keep a senior driver um, safer in their vehicle. Oh, sorry, more comfortable in their vehicle, which in turn will enhance safety. Okay. So it is going to address things that people may not have thought about in a long time. So let's go outside to a real car and see what CarFit does to help people drive safe. So typically when we're doing a CarFit assessment, we want to make sure that the vehicle is comfortable, which in turn will enhance a senior driver's safety. So we're going to look at their side view mirrors. We're going to look at their rear view mirrors. We're going to have them sit inside the car and we're going to look at things like how far away they are from the steering wheel. Make sure they have enough room between the airbag and their chest. 
want to make sure they have an appropriate line of sight over the steering wheel so they can see a lot of the road in front of them. We're going to make sure that their seatbelt fits and that their seat is comfortable and adjusted for their specific needs. And we want to make sure that their gas pedal and brake pedal are at a comfortable distance away from them. So now we'd like to introduce longtime Piscataway resident Howard Bly, aka Captain Bly. And if you want to come in and make yourself comfortable in the car, we're going to show how to make a vehicle safe for somebody like you. Okay. It's all yours, honey. So, Captain Bly, how are you sitting in the car right now? Are you comfortable? I uh, could uh, pull it back a little. You can pull it back. Okay, so we want to make sure he's comfortable. So he's going to adjust the seat back to accommodate the length of his legs to make sure he's reaching the gas pedal and the brake pedal. How is your lower back and your shoulders? Are you comfortable in the seat? Yes. So if a person has issues with their lumbar, we would adjust their seat, their lumbar support to make sure that it is fitting them um, appropriately. We also wanna make sure that there is at least 10 inches between the steering wheel and the person's chest. This will make sure that there's enough space for the airbag to deploy and not hit them in the chest, not bruise them. We're also gonna make sure in this in instance that the steering wheel is pointed up so that it is going to hit in the chest. We don't want it sitting in the lap and we don't want it pointed toward the face, okay? We're also gonna make sure that you have at least three inches of view above the steering wheel, okay? So we don't have that um, little, you know, that, that uh, person who uh, can barely see over the steering wheel. So you have an appropriate lane of sight over the steering wheel. You're a far enough distance away from the airbag. All right, Captain Bly, would you please put your seatbelt on? As he's putting on his seatbelt, we would typically ask the driver if they have any issues with range of motion, okay? That will ensure that we have an OT on staff that can help identify some areas that they might need to um, that they might need to work on, or they might need to uh, suggest alternate things. Okay, so we want to steer, we want the seatbelt to fit over the shoulder and over the lower hips. So we also would ask, do you know how to adjust your seatbelt? So how do I adjust this? We could adjust the seatbelt lower if it is on the person's neck, okay? We would also adjust it to be on the lower hips. So again, you have more than enough room behind the, um, away from the airbag, and you have plenty of view above. How are you, would you like to sit upright more? Would you like to sit back? So we would move his seat up to make sure that he is, um, well, let's... how's okay. that? Is that better? Uh back a little back a little so we would also ask if they could start the vehicle and one of the things we would look at is whether they have any arthritis or any issues with starting the vehicle you can start the vehicle if that is the case we will make modifications and we will suggest possibly a vehicle that has a push button start okay so how is your seat position it's good but you'd Fine. like to sit back a little bit more I'm good. You're good? Okay, yes. we want to make sure they're comfortable because in turn, your comfort will enhance your safety behind the wheel. And you're you're a good distance away from the um, gas pedal and brake pedal. Why don't you swap, go from brake to gas as though you were driving, okay? Do you always lift your foot when you do that? Yes. Or do you swivel? 
No. Okay. All right. So we always ask that. If we swivel or because a lot of people, when you ask them to go from brake to gas, they will actually pick up their foot. Um, and we want it to be as natural as possible. So if they swivel, we would say, please swivel your foot like you were driving. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're a good distance away? Yes. You're comfortable? Yes. Okay, perfect. So we've approved his seating position. His seatbelt looks good. He is a far enough distance away from the steering wheel and the airbag. He has an appropriate line of sight over this car. He is comfortable here. Let's work on your um, uh, blind spot. How about that? Okay. So we are going to review his blind spots when he's driving either in his rearview mirror or in his side mirror. So, Captain Bly, I'm going to stand back here and I want you to tell me how many fingers I'm holding up. Look in your rearview mirror. Three. Three? Correct. Now, what I'm going to do is I am going to walk up the side of the vehicle. As I am walking in your rearview mirror, when I disappear from view, I want you to pick me up in your side mirror. Okay. And then I want you to let me know when you can no longer see me in the side mirror. Okay. Okay. Stop. Okay. We have a blind spot here. So if he were able to, not able to turn his head to pivot his neck, he would have a problem seeing someone in the other, um, in the other lane. Okay. So we're going to do that again. Mm -hmm. I am going to want you to do one thing for me though. Okay. I want you to lean your head as though the window is closed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I want you to turn this out until you can no longer see the side of the vehicle. So lean your head toward me. Yep, you can take your seatbelt off. That makes it easier. So you're not just adjusting the side view mirror, you're adjusting where you sit to look in the side view mirror. Correct. So sit straight like that, but lean your head over to your side. Perfect. Now I want you to adjust the mirror until you can no longer see the back of the vehicle. Okay. So look at me in your rear view mirror. Okay, you can see me? No. Okay, I'm gonna walk up. When I am out of the rear view mirror, look in the side mirror. When I'm out what? of the side mirror, yell stop. Okay, uh, rear view mirror. Wait a Start minute. Start with the rear view. Rear I, view. I Start can't with the rear see you in the rear view. Oh, he can't see you in the rear view. How's that? I, I could see you now. Okay. Your hand. Stop. I could see you all the way up until right there. You could see me all the way until right here. You eliminated that the blind spot. A solid foot, and we were able to eliminate, practically eliminate that blind spot. So yes. now, in traffic, if he goes to turn his head to look to see if there's another car there, I'm right here. Before I was back here. Yes. All right. Excellent. Thank mm -hmm. you. You're welcome. So it is not just about the driver's safety. We also want to make sure that they're driving a safe vehicle. So we will ask things like, does your horn work? Can you press the horn for me? Excellent. We will also check the tires to make sure they have the proper amount of tread and they look good. We will check all the vehicle lights. So the headlights, the brights, the brake lights, the turn signals. We really want to make sure that the vehicle they're driving is as safe as possible. So, can you hop out of the car for me, please? Why, certainly. 
To conclude the assessment, we will also do a walk around of the vehicle with the driver and look for any issues that they may have had while on the road. So we will look for any scrapes or dings and ask them if they know where they came from. Um, we will make sure that they, they know where they came from as opposed to, oops, I don't know when that happened or I don't, I don't know where that came from. Um, so all of that is part of the assessment. Well, thank you very much, and Howard, thank you for volunteering as Howard Bly, long-term Piscataway resident, member of the Senior Center here, and former member of the Army. Thank you for your service. So I You're wanted welcome. to ask you, did you learn something here that you would use next time you get in your car? Uh, yes, I most certainly did. Uh, with the spacing from the steering wheel, mm -hmm. and uh, make sure the signal lights are working, and uh, uh, yes, uh, I definitely would did find something that uh, would help me good. better. Good. Yes. Good. Thank uh, you. And thanks for volunteering with us. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. My pleasure. Now, as we said just a little while ago, you know this this is emotional. Um, so, if somebody did get to the point where they really are not safe to themselves or to others, if they're because it's not just the driver, it's you know pedestrians, other people that would be involved if they Absolutely. if they had an accident. Do you have tips for how to start that conversation uh, so people that aren't defensive or, or how to bring it up? You, one of you used the expression, you're driving retirement. How can you suggest the driving retirement? So it is a very emotional conversation. Um, you want to make sure that it's not done in a confrontational style. Okay. You want to make sure that it's done with those who love you. Mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that you start the conversation just maybe addressing some of the issues, okay. but also taking a gentler tone with your loved one. Um, don't attack them. Don't say we're taking your keys away. Mm -hmm. um, from a senior drive, from a senior's perspective, there are things that you can do early on in the process. Mm -hmm. So we use something called a driver agreement. Oh, what's that? This is a document that a senior driver and their adult children would put together. And it would basically say, if the time comes when I am no longer able to drive safely, these are the steps we will take. Okay. And then you can fall back on that agreement. So it may say, don't immediately jump to taking my keys away. Okay. You may do a car fit program. Um, have me go to a certified driver rehabilitation specialist. Okay, which is going to Giddy. Which is Giddy. Take, take me, test my ability to take public transportation, you know, mm. introduce me to alternate forms of transportation, um, have me take a defensive driving course. There's a lot of different steps that you can take and mm -hmm. things that you can include in this driver agreement. Okay. And then both parties would sign it. The okay. older children and the senior driver would both sign it. And that is something that they would use when they start to have that conversation. Okay. You know, and look, mom, we've, we've, I'm bringing out this document. We've done this, this, this. Mm. We've done all of these steps. And I think that, unfortunately, it is time for you to limit your driving or to uh, for driving cessation. Okay. Um, and you're talking about driving retirement. Yes, I love that term, driving retirement, mm. because it is... So we're outliving our safe driving years by seven to 10 years. Oh, wow. So we're going to live seven to, seven to 10 years longer than we can drive safely. Without... 
a way to get without around. a way to get around okay. because we are a very very car dependent society. We are a very yes. car dependent society. So we want you to we want a senior driver to plan for their transportation retirement mm -hmm. or their retirement from driving mm -hmm. much the same as they would retire from their financial life. Okay. So unless you're independently wealthy, you are not going to wake up one morning and say I'm going to retire. Okay. You will probably make sure that your finances are in order that you know how you're going to live mm -hmm. on a set amount of money for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Think about that for driving. Okay. So you're going to think about where you want to live. If you're current, right. are you, do you want to stay in your current home? Mm -hmm. Do you want to move to a more walkable, mm -hmm. friendly, walk friendly town? Mm -hmm. um, you are from Maplewood, South Orange, Maplewood, very walkable very town. Very walkable, right? I live in Warren County, not quite as walkable. Okay, so do you want to stay in your current home? Do you want to go to a, a place where it's easier for you to get around? Um, you want to look at um, alternate transportation options. Uber and Lyft mm -hmm. are great. Mm -hmm. um, we will you know, teach you how to use that. Okay. Uh, you have uh, buses, you have trains, mm -hmm. lots of different things. So there's a lot of different things. And the thing is, you want to practice these things before you need them. That's a really good point. So it'd be easier. And then maybe people would start using them as an option. I know one thing that uh, with one group I worked with, people would take um, the public transportation at certain times a day to go out for dinner because then they didn't have to fight for parking. Absolutely. Because the parking was actually more difficult than the driving. Finding a spot, walking in the dark through it. Um, and there are more and more options, like with um, on-demand services, Uber, Lyft, there's Google Grandparent, yes, which yes. is the concierge service that mm -hmm. would connect is for people who don't have a smartphone. Um, most counties have handicap accessible free transportation, and a lot of municipalities do too. Yes, so true. people need to find out what's near them, what's available, what's affordable. But I think also um, we've talked a lot in the past about housing for older adults and how do you find appropriate housing at every stage of your life. So if you're going to move, really pay attention to where you're moving and is it a walkable community? Does it have public transportation or are there supportive services and transportation for seniors? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So where can people find more information about, about CarFit, about occupational therapy, about programs to help them with driving? Where can they find it and what website should they go to? Coming from the OT perspective, you can go on uh, www.aota.org. Mm -hmm. That's the Occupational Therapy Association website. Okay. They have information. The governing body of certified driver rehabilitation specialists is called ADED. They are nationwide, oh, okay. worldwide. Our conference people come in from Brazil and Germany and Canada oh, wow. and Mexico and all over the U.S. Okay, because these issues are the these same around the world. Everywhere. Okay. Absolutely. You can also go on, I believe AARP's website has some information mm -hmm. about driving as well. Mm -hmm. And they have classes um, in in the classroom classes to help you when you get a discount on your insurance if you pass it. Mm -hmm. So Yes. That's there are another. defensive driving classes. So AAA offers defensive driving classes. The Motor Vehicle Commission's website is a great place to find defensive driving classes throughout the state. Mm -hmm. uh, people can also visit Exchange. So it's www.exchange.aaa.com. Okay. And there's a lot of information on a wide variety of traffic safety topics, but there is a section devoted to senior driving. Mm -hmm. And then they can also look at carfit.org. Mm -hmm. So it's actually www.car-fit.org. Okay. There they can find an event. They can look for um, more information on CarFit. And if they're interested in scheduling a CarFit in the mm -hmm. state of New Jersey, they can um, 
submit that information on the website or they could just send me an email and I can help facilitate a CarFit event. Okay, and we'll put your email up on the screen for people to see. That sounds great. And also if people, a lot of older people might not be online, but if someone is concerned about their parent or their neighbor driving, they can find these resources and bring it to them. Absolutely, absolutely. yes, absolutely. So it sounds like there are a lot of options. There are a lot of steps that people can take to curtail their driving. There are a lot of options people have for maintaining their driving. Yep. And if the, um, the time comes when someone does need to stop, they should learn about the public transportation or the transportation options around them before they need them. Yes. yes. So Shani and Giddy, thank you for joining us today. You had a lot of great advice and really good points on how people can maintain their driving, how to drive safer, longer. And, and I really appreciate you emphasizing that it's not just a matter of taking away the keys. We don't want to take away people's independence and driving means so much more. So um, we appreciate your time and we hope that you'll come back and join us again. Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. We want to thank you for watching this episode of Aging Insights, now also available as a podcast as Aging Insights New Jersey. Aging Insights is brought to you by the Wallerstein Foundation for Geriatric Life Improvement. We want to thank them and our other funders and supporters for bringing Aging Insights to you today. Join us next time to learn more about how to age well here in the Garden State. <music>